Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. Uh, this week I am talking to a sort of a hero of mine, one of the leading podcasters in the UK and probably in the world, uh, Helen Zaltzman of Answer Me This fame and of being Andy Zaltzman's sister, Andy Zaltzman of The Bugle. So I tweeted her on, th- on Wednesday and asked if she wanted to meet up for a coffee or a tea and she said yes which was surprising to me uh, that she said yes, but I was so pleased. And then uh, I met up with her and we had a great conversation, talked for about uh, two hours, only a little bit of that was recorded, but um, it was awesome. She is awesome. And then I went to the comedy store and got put up for five minutes. So all in all, a good day, a very good day. I don't know how that happened, but... I'm pleased that it did. Next week uh, I will be putting up my conversation with Tiffany Stevenson, who's also an excellent London comedian, but there's slightly more editing to do on that because there was a weird, like, heavy bass party going on downstairs and I'm still trying to make sure that the sound quality is good. So I met Helen in a cafe near the BBC studios and we had this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you everyone who's been emailing me in my absence, worried about where I was. I'm... Uh, I am well, thank you, uh, and keep emailing me, alicerfraser at gmail.com, at alliterative on Twitter, I am not going anywhere, and feel free to ask more questions, uh, I enjoy answering them, and I've been getting good feedback about them, so, see you until next week. Be all over it. Um, so on my podcast, you talk about an idea that you have that oh. you think is unpopular or that you need to explain. Okay. Oh. So it's not so, it's something that you would not like taken out of context, if you know what I mean. You need <laughs> oh God, to explain so many. all. There are so many. For it to make sense. Oh Jesus. Well, one idea I've had, um, is. Um, I'm often in central London and I think I could really do with a nap right now. Uh-huh. And I was thinking it'd be great if there are places, I'd call them nap libraries, but it's essentially where you can pay £4 and you can go and lie down for half an hour. Somewhere clean, no, no one's having sex there, you won't get molested, your stuff won't get stolen, and then you're refreshed. You can have them in every major town. Um, and everyone's like, what, like a brothel? not like a brothel like a a sleeping place where no brothel action happens but then how do you like a brothel but instead of people you have pillows yeah exactly what the what are the ways to make it not immediately become a brothel if one opened up a a nap library but i feel like it's such an innocent idea that immediately becomes sordid as soon as anyone else the only way that you could do it is by having cameras that watched the inside of the sleep cells, which would be too upsetting. Well, you've already said the word cells, so it's sounding <laughs> quite prison surveillance uh, in, in your vision of the nap library. Or you could have, I mean, you could have them, like, uh, not not fully enclosed. Yeah, I think that would have to be the case, but then how, how do you ensure your safety? I suppose you need, like, a matron to yes. patrol, but in a benevolent way to yes. check that everybody is is safe and they've got a locker that they can keep their stuff in people would jerk off in them yes that's the problem that is the problem see how do you stop it oh it's so frustrating to me just lose your deposit maybe if you make a deposit but then how do you prove (laughs) how do you prove the deposit has been made if they're subtle about it 
if they come in their pants, then... Then they have to bear the sticky shame for the rest of the day. Exactly, whereas you, you won't know. They might have wiped their hand on the sheet I that someone so else is going to use. So long as nobody knows and finds out, then it's okay, if mm. you know what I mean. If it's yeah, okay. so discreet that it's impossible to detect. Yeah. Yeah, it's like people spitting in your food in restaurants. If you don't know about it, it's probably not going to damage you. Yeah, or people stalking you. If I don't hear about it... <laughs> That's great, yeah. This is the nasty thing. Like, the, the problem that I have with stalkers is not so much that they do it, is that they tell you they're doing it. Yeah, they might not even be doing it. They might just be telling. <laughs> it's, it's like people who talk about having a great idea for a sitcom or an app or a podcast or something. They're like, well, yeah, where is it then? Yeah. You're all talk. You're probably venting all of the energy you had to make that thing. What was I wearing when it. you were following me? Hmm? <laughs> it could be quite a useful document of your uh, of your time. Yes. It's like they're a living diary of you. Yeah, what did I do on Tuesday? I feel like asking the NSA some things like that. Yeah. yeah. Could, you, could you grab that email back for me? I... Yeah. Can I just download some of my memories and uh, come back to them later? I did have a guy who uh, came to all my shows and I asked him to stop coming to all my shows because it was like all my shows, like eight shows in a week, kind of. That's intense. Uh, and was he laughing before you did the jokes because he knew where they were going to happen? He was just sort of, he would laugh very loudly and, and deal, quote unquote deal with hecklers for me, like oh, no. intimidate <laughs> them in the break kind of thing. Oh, great. Yeah. What was the after effect of that, usually? Uh, Usually he'd get thrown out and they'd okay. get thrown out uh, because he would, you know, offer them physical violence. Uh, it's, it's quite knight in shining armour, isn't it? But yes, he was very... moved on. He thought something was going on that wasn't. He thought he was winning some approval from me and that's why he kept telling me about it and I said, it troubles me to see you at all my gigs. It makes me feel like I'm doing the same material and it yeah. makes me nervous and I feel, you know, surely you're not getting anything out of this. Yeah, also, play it cool, for God's sake. Yeah. And then he then you married coming him. to my gigs in disguise. Oh, what kind of disguises? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Doubtfire or plastic nose? Like or? a hoodie and like a muffler. Okay. That's a bit disappointing. Although in, in Australia, given the temperatures, that, that could probably kill you on the wrong day. But I would have been fine with that had he not told me that he was doing that. If right. you know what I mean. So, so still the psychological control. Yes, exactly. Mm. So I would think, oh, he hasn't come to this gig. Woo! And then I'd get a Facebook message from him saying, I came to your gig in disguise. Uh, what, what happened to him? Uh, he died in a motorcycle accident about a month ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. I eventually talked him into... Because he thought we had a kind of a spiritual connection and I was some sort of uh, goddess fairy I'd believe thing. it. <laughs> I said, you can only contact me once a month. So it's quite a sub-dom thing at this point. Well, I just said, well, just he said, you know, I need to be part of your life. And I said, well, how about you contact me once? And he just accepted that. Because, Better than nothing. Yeah, I couldn't tell him no. no. Mm. I just had to make a, a, a way for him to do that. And then how he long, didn't. How long ago was this? It's about eight months, nine months ago. Right. And did he contact you every month? Yeah. Mm. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, he died in a motorcycle accident. So I thought this being like, oh, ha-ha, then he saw this other comedian and, and switched his allegiance. But no, it's a, it's a horrible tragedy. It's a horrible story with a tragic ending. Well, I felt very strange about it because I was slightly afraid of him. Yeah. 
and I wasn't sure if I should be sad, but I was sad because it is sad. Yeah. Did you go to the funeral or anything? No, he, he died about a week after my mum, so I just didn't yeah. really have the room to no. be sad about him. You have had a lot to deal with recently. I'd say too much. I'd say an unfair amount. I'm, I don't know. I have legs and arms and a head. head. Yeah, right there. I can see it. She's definitely got the head. But yeah. Well, so that's very magnanimous of you. I like your sleep pods. I don't see necessarily how they're controversial, though. Well, it's because everyone, everyone sullies them with the with brothel chat. With brothel chat. Well, I mean, maybe they're controversial in that you're saying that sex is a bad thing. Sex in the nap library is a bad thing. It's not what they're for. You've already got sex brothels in any, and one-hour hotels. Sex in library is a bad thing? I think people used to do it quite a lot in my college library at university. Yeah. I never did because I was mainly napping in the library because it was quiet and warm. Uh, but there were so a couple of... So this nap library is something you've already got proof of concept here. Yeah, it's easy to nap in libraries. Let's 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 get rid of the books and use them for their primary purpose because they're shutting down libraries, library libraries. Yeah, you've done the minimum viable product. You've so, done your experiments. Yeah, so I thought this could save the libraries and they wouldn't have to spend money on books. And instead of real books, they're all just book-shaped cushions that you withdraw Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, or if you draw out the right book, then you get a free cup of cocoa or something. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that is controversial in the most boring way. Okay. Uh, I'm not teetotal, but I've never been much of a drinker. Just never been interested, really. Yeah. And when I was a teenager, people were around at my house. My parents freely provided booze. So I was usually cleaning up their sick, and it didn't really yeah. make me want to drink anymore. And... Um, and yet this seems to cause other people offence so much. And it's not its not like I'm doing it to make them feel bad. I never, never be like, oh, you're having a drink, are you? Mm, well, probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's just like, no, I, don't, I just don't want one. There's more booze for you if I don't want one. Why is it a problem Why is it a problem? Yeah, I don't uh, drink because either because of the combo Buddhist slash control freak thing. Um, good combo. Good combo. Um, but yes, I find that people... Feel as though your action is a judgment on them. Yeah. Whereas, whereas they're judging me by trying to force feed me drink all the time. Yeah. I think also they feel if we're out and I'm sober, there's someone remembering what they're doing yes, when they're drunk. Yes, the it's a spy. It's a shame, and then you're never weak around them. And I'm they, often weak. I've got loads of weak spots. But you know what I mean. They never. They feel like there's a power disparity. Yeah. Because you have. You're retaining your dignity. Well, they're, they're deliberately throwing theirs away. Yeah, um, which I haven't got a problem with. I, I find it's like nice permission for me to be an idiot. Yeah, no one will remember except you. Wah. Yeah. Um, but also, and this is even more boring than that, I don't take milk in my tea. People are like, what? What? What is, that? what is the absence of a thing more remarkable than the presence, than the presence of, a of a thing? Well, it's like, uh, God, yeah, boring. true. Same, same with vegetarianism. And yes. people who eat meat see vegetarians as pious and judgmental and... and Rather than elevated. I always think of them as, as having... Listless. <laughs> no, having sublimated the filthy urge for, to eat meat that I still have. Yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, it's a logical thing to do to not do that. To not eat meat. Yeah. Just, I think the idea that somebody else's... I mean, everybody knows that they are themselves correct. Oh, yeah. About everything. Yeah. But then there's some things that they feel a bit less certain of. Harder to justify. I suppose that can make them more anxious to, re- to reaffirm them. You're right. But I think with... Um, 
probably be future generations who are like, God, they were stupid for intoxicating themselves and eating meat. I, I mean, I know what I'd, I know what I'd be like drunk. I'd be incredibly needy and annoying. Like, I'd just be asleep or red-faced yeah. or slurring. I just don't. I just. I, I just don't see the point. I will me. up your controversial thing. Wow, with, wow, because it's going to be pretty difficult. With my controversial thing about drunkenness, which is. I'm fine with people drinking, but the way that I feel towards drunk people in the streets mm, is yeah. how I imagine racists feel towards people of other races. Yeah. Like I think or like a zombie attack or something. Untrustworthy and dirty, and I wouldn't want one touching my daughter, kind of. Yeah. Or just out at London on weekend nights is particularly grim, and I try to avoid it. Yeah. Um, but just think if only there was like an area they could go so they're not standing in the way and making noise and pissing in the street where I am not yeah. pissing in the streets yeah a two-tier system for the people who are voluntarily inebriated second class citizens so you're well, with me on this racist they, thing they made the cho- yeah oh god I am <laughs> I wasn't expecting to, uh, to to reveal awful things about my character uh, I'm not saying people shouldn't drink but just like be a bit more circumspect about it yeah I think just generally um don't be an idiot. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I knew a guy who used to uh, end up in dubious consent situations with oh, young women every time he got drunk. Every time. As far as I knew. I mean, not mm. when he would get slightly tipsy, but when he got smashed. Yeah. It's a good excuse, isn't it, for not taking responsibility for things? Yeah. And then I thought, so you wake up with these women who are either too drunk to have consented or... You know, there's, they're upset that you've been pushing them. Yeah. If that happened to me once, I would probably never drink again. If it yeah. happened to me four or five times... But he joined, like, the drinking society at university, and I'm like, this is really... Drinking and raping. Yeah, just... Just, this is not a... I mean... And... Just none of these girls reported him. No one ever did anything. He ended up getting a, a road scholarship. Wow. International uh, assaults. And I thought, this is just the worst thing. Or you think, often when people are being awful, I I remember my brother once did a gig, it was quite close to Christmas, so there were a lot of office parties at gigs, even though his was a political comedy night. And there was this one guy who just sat in the audience muttering, kill the Jew, kill the Jew, kill the Jew. And he was hammered. And it's the only time, really, I've seen my brother snap on stage and storm off. And I was like, he's with a bunch of people. Why are they not... Stopping him. Yeah, taking him away. Yeah. Because it's not good for him either to, to be doing this. No. Who's looking out for people? That's what we were saying before. is like some people shouldn't be allowed to do things. Until they've proven that they can pass the test. <laughs> just, yeah, just... You should get a licence to be allowed to drink alcohol, perhaps. And then yeah. you dock points off the licence in the same way as driving. If you commit a driving offence... Yeah. then you're not allowed to drive anymore you know, or you commit three driving offences depending on how egregious they are and then you lose your licence for six months or eight months yeah. and you shouldn't have to show proof of age you should just... Proof of competence Yeah, just get your drinking licence and you show your licence so that you can buy alcohol that's what you do anyway Yeah, that that's, makes a lot of sense I, I also think maybe there should be a pedestrian's licence in London because people are given to standing in thoroughfares which... Londoners have a reputation for being impatient and I was like no I don't no I don't and then I go to other cities and I'm like why are you so slow why is everyone milling around I sometimes think marriage licences should be like that too 
<laughs> for people who get married, you get mm. the marriage license and it's sort of a registration with the state that you're married. But yeah. also, I think it should be, you, you should have to keep renewing it and having yes. to be forced to renew it every three years or five years. Yeah, Someone five comes years in, sensible. inspects the relationship, if it's not up to par, you lose your license. I think, uh, I think also, an ex- also automatic expiry on marriages is not a bad idea. I'm not no. saying I want my marriage to expire, but it would take the pressure off for a lot of people. Yes, because there's a lot of people for whom the only reason they don't divorce is because it's more trouble to... Exactly. Or they f- would feel like a failure rather than just like, oh, that, that phase is finished now. Yeah, yeah. I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. Sorry, me. Sorry, it's not me. It's just the expiry date. You're really coming up with some excellent admin ideas today. Yes, I've been doing admin all morning. Maybe this is <laughs> me. You lucky woman. So you've, you've started a new podcast. I have. I've been podcasting for eight years and now I've started another one. And um, it's still, even though I've done it before and I've done so many podcasts, it's hard doing this new one. Because it's just you or...? Yeah, I guess I don't know what the show is yet and I don't know how to make it and I can only learn those things by making it. And I think by September it'll be good, but it's currently January yeah. and it's okay. So I'm not what, embarrassed by it. What's the hook of it? Or is it just that it's you? I mean, Tea with it's, Alice is just that it's me and having tea with me. But. I just record everything I say during the day and put it out unedited. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's these short little documentary-ish things about words and phrases and stuff. So um, I did one about um, how China were banning puns. They're illegal in official media use now because wow. they contravene... Uh, uh, how you're supposed to use words um, I did one about um, the word bra ah. um, and I just did one where I interviewed someone from BuzzFeed to find out what language they use to make things go viral ah. uh, so little things like that and they're quite short but it means they have to be quite tight and I'm telling a story and I'm on my own I'm presenting it on my own and the podcast I make previously answered me this is um, conversation and yeah. um, I find that it's easy to have conversations we've got a lot of practice through life whereas this I don't know how to do it or how to make it sound like I'm not just droning on or being an asshole. I I tried doing tea with Alice just as me and it doesn't work at all well no because it's with you yeah it's not Alice has tea on her own yeah well I thought you know the listener is having tea with me yeah but then it doesn't work because it's it's like a lecture I have the prissy voice I have the I don't think your voice is prissy but do you think that's the uh I, I, I lack the capacity to know whether if I was local I'd find your voice prissy or not. Quite possibly. Or I just, I don't know, I don't sound as authoritative on audio as I do in my own head. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I didn't work. And I, I, so I have to have other people around so it doesn't sound like a lecture. But that's, it, that's still nice for the audience there, eavesdropping on you. Yeah, I think the way that... It, it, it would work for you because if it's just me talking about my ideas then it's very rambly but if you have as you say a topic of interest or discovery then I've been recently starting to do a few answering questions hey step off my format (laughs) it's not really a format (laughs) not not questions about the world rather sort of um, emotional questions Dan Savage's area yeah we get some of those to um, answer me this quite a lot of teenagers who feel like they're the only one who's ever had a crush before and I'm like ah you're not special <laughs> got like 50 of these last week <laughs> yeah but then I was then also I do remember what it was like in that unique pain that 
they're in. I think there's, I mean, obviously the, the really interesting bit that everyone finds interesting is sort of sex and relationships, but I'm more interested in, I don't know, maybe moral quandaries? Mm, yes. And religious, yeah. again, these yeah. people who are, had a, uh, I mean, a friend, this was kind of what inspired me to do it, a friend who was a Mormon, oh. who had lost his faith. Fair but enough. But he had a wife and child in the church. His wife was a late convert, so wasn't going to go back out. Right. Oh, and he God. was confronted with the dilemma of whether to pretend that he had faith and stay in because it was his life or whether to break off and... Have to start everything again. Have to start everything again and abandon his family. Yeah. The reason that he couldn't believe in Mormonism anymore was because he was a man of integrity and he couldn't fool himself into... And it's all made into, up. Yeah, and he couldn't fool himself into sustaining these uh, completely contradictory ideas yes. anymore. And so he had this integrity to realise and, and be honest with himself. But that was also that same integrity that wouldn't allow him to abandon his wife and child. Ugh, that's what happened. Uh, it's still happening. Oh no, poor so, guy. Well, that's good because uh, either way is going to be horrible. So he's been honest with them about the fact that he's struggling with his faith. Yes. And they're not happy about it, but they're kind of muddling along and he still mm. says he's wrestling. So he's been slightly dishonest because he's not wrestling. He's done. Yeah. He knows what he thinks. But he's kind of sustaining his marriage indefinitely on the premise that he still has to come to terms with his belief. But then that makes it sound like the inevitable outcome will be him having to relinquish the marriage. Or maybe he's just waiting for his wife to be like, you know, I'm, I'm not that into it anymore after all. Well, from his wife's perspective, the inevitable outcome is that he will come back to God. But that's because he's being dishonest with her. Yes. And the... The actual outcome is... It's fucked. It's going to break at some point. Yeah. He's going to do something to self-sabotage because... Because it's not good to live a lie, I've heard. So I hear. It's, some people history's... do it remarkably well. Yeah, but history suggests that it's not a great way to live. Or well, not great for those children. Eventually I want to get somebody writing in who's like, I have a double life, I have mm. three families in different states. Yeah, weirdly, that has happened to a couple of people I know. I think three people different stages in their life discovered that their dads had separate families oh. so one, one of them he was kind of commuting to South Africa from England uh -huh. so I, I, I can see how you could put this this block in your mind and how one didn't affect the other but others they were like two streets away I was like wouldn't it get awfully stressful running this double life wouldn't you just want to choose after a while what are you keeping up the facade for so what did he do? Did he pretend to both wives that he had a shed that he'd go out to for portions of the evening? I don't know. You've got to be ignoring a lot of stuff. Or I suppose if, if someone has a job that takes them away a lot, you might not be that much in the habit of knowing where they are at any given time. I think it works if your spouse has an incredibly regular routine mm. and then you can avoid them if you're being the dodgy one. Yeah. It just seems like too much stress to me. I couldn't, I couldn't take... Couldn't take it. It seems again a lot of actually. Yep. I mean, that's true. if you're, a, if you're a, an old-fashioned man in the kind of provider husbandy way, yeah. If you've got two families, that's a strain. And also, uh, maybe, yeah. I, I just couldn't take the admin, but you can't delegate it to anyone else in that circumstance. No, you can't have a, your secretary. But I mean, some people do. There are men in corporate business kind of environments mm. who have their secretaries buying presents for their mistress and their wife 
there's probably someone who has a business which is doing the admin for people cheating and making sure that everything is very well coordinated. If they we should start that business. I'm not sure I can live with myself, <laughs> but it would be it would probably be quite a lucrative living. I mean, there are, I mean, there are things you could do to make it easier, like you'd have the same nickname for both of your... So you'd never yeah. slip up. You'd very just, smart, very smart. Or else you'd have to pick two wi- women or men with the same name, which would be more complicated. But not impossible. So you'd never have that moment of like saying their name in your sleep or something. Again, it sounded just like so much more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, Wouldn't it be much? easier just to be single and be like, yeah, you can't tie me down, lady. I'll come and visit the kids once in a while. Yeah, I wonder whether those people get more pleasure out of sex than other people. Yeah, because it's always a bit illicit. Yeah. Whichever, whichever person you're having it with is... But it'd have to be pretty amazing someone. to be worth it as well. Like, it'd have to yeah. be so much better than normal sex. Yeah, and after a while as well, you're just going to be like, well, I've, I pretty much know all it has to offer now so I'm slightly bored and then you get a new mistress and then you're juggling yeah. three yeah and then for where does it end when you're Berlusconi is when it ends <laughs> I think I think I would just get bored after one and be like you know what all this all this sex stuff is like I'm oversaturated I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to sorry sorry <laughs> That was very unfortunate. But you're, going, you're going to have to find the opposite hobby just to make make you interested in anything again. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be yeah, sex and filing. You'd have to be an accountant. Do you think? How did your how did your Mormon friend though come to the realization that it's made up bullshit? He watched a movie. Really? He watched There Will Be Blood. That is also made up though. Yes, but. I mean, Mormonism is very specific about the amount of stuff you're meant to do every day. And it's very procedural, and you're also not meant to drink coffee or alcohol. There's a lot of things in there that don't leave a lot of room for abstract creative thinking. No, but you live in Utah, which is very beautiful, so maybe that takes out some of that impetus. Well, he's Sydney-based. Oh, right, okay. Um, well, he should go to Utah. But, yeah, he To rekindle his love for Mormonism. And in the movie, there's a, a false preacher... Yes, I've, I've seen it. Who convinces people to give up their land and he moves them into a frenzy of passion yes. through preaching techniques. But it's not, it's not real, though. And he, it's, it's, spoiler, it's, it's Daniel Day-Lewis, isn't it? But in the movie, it had just never occurred to my friend that you could fake that feeling, the church feeling, the that he'd always taken that kind of transcendental joyous mm. feeling as proof of the existence of God when it's just the proof of the existence of rhetoric. Yeah, or jolly feelings inside. Yeah, people enjoying being in groups, doing stuff together. Yeah. Hot yoga gets, you get the same feeling. <laughs> Which is a cult in itself. Yeah, it is, I'm sure. Or, you know. My, my dad was a Scientologist briefly. Oh, in, um, wow. And my mum found out a week before they got married. And the other thing about this was my dad was brought up in quite a strict but not ultra-Orthodox Jewish background, but they did expect him to become a rabbi, and he was pretty much an atheist in his teens and, and rebelled in that way. Was it a Holocaust survivor family? They had left Eastern Europe before the Holocaust. His dad was in the Lithuanian army and went AWOL and walked to Hamburg and thence managed to get on a boat and very indirectly ended up in South Africa. Wow. Um, and um, and he, he was like, oh, I think this is all bullshit. But then he moved to England and became a Scientologist. And I was like, well, you, you, you had released yourself from a quite a restrictive yeah. religious faith and then you found another one that is not only 
science fiction but also expensive I find Why? that interesting because I don't see how you could get rid of one intense religion without is there a vacuum that has to be filled by something else I don't think you, how you could get rid of it without having a sense of the idea that it was this kind this artificial construction mm. and have a sense of the artificiality and then to go and and be credulous about another one yeah when you know really the outcome will be probably the same yeah exactly the same and I mean Scientology like Judaism at least has this very rich cultural history and it sort of works on a cultural level in a really perceptible way yeah it's it's more yeah it's more a race than a faith yeah and so and that's one of the reasons why it has so much power to bring people back into yeah. itself because you don't have to believe to no stay you don't have to believe anything they don't even ask you to believe no if anything that's a hindrance yeah if you're thinking about it too much that is a problem you need to believe in family and like certain kinds Obedience. of food yeah being delicious that aren't like oh, fish like god well they, no it's not supposed to be delicious it's supposed <laughs> to be a punishment oh is it the only thing that are delicious is well Sephardic Jewish foods are delicious They've got the right idea. The Ashkenazi ones are not. The cakes are nice. No, but then the Ashkenazi are snobs about the Sephardi, right? That's because they like the denial. Oh. You know some people get very uh, into that idea. They feel better denying themselves pleasure than having pleasure. Like Russians. Russians enjoy really? being miserable. Yeah. Like, really, they take a great pleasure in the beauty of their own misery. It is It is beautiful, is I it? guess. Well, they're, a lot of their artistic works. Yeah, I didn't realise that they were actually like that, Russians. Like, I thought they were just like that in Tolstoy. I thought that was a period yeah. of time. I thought that was a... Before television. Yeah, and a literary artifice. And then you meet them and you go, oh, no, they're actually like that. Well, also, the language lends itself to that because it, I find it quite taxing to speak Russian. I studied Russian at school. I haven't spoken it for many years, but it requires a lot more tongue muscles and quite this kind of deep access to melancholy sounds in your throat. And ah. after that, it's hard to sound quite trivial and express yourself with levity. The language That's doesn't allow itself. It's like if you if you fake smile, you feel happiness. That kind of yeah. If you're speaking it's Russian, like you automatically a... feel a bit a bit heavier with uh, with fundamental sadness. So you think it's like a physiological? So yeah, do maybe. Russians speaking English become happier? Maybe. Maybe they should speak Swedish because Swedish sounds happy. It does in sound films. happy. Yeah, it sounds jolly. But they have quite high suicide rates. That's the darkness. The darkness. Yeah, yes. maybe the alcohol as well. So if, if Swedish didn't sound so happy, maybe they'd be they'd all be died out yeah. by now. Which would be a shame. Which would be a shame. <laughs> I mean, how does that work in Australia? Because Australians tend to sound quite upbeat. Does yes. that translate itself onto the national character, or does it give a false impression of upbeatness? I think it gives a false impression of laid backness. Yes. We are relatively laid back about a lot of things, but we're. I mean our regulations about everything are really intense like driver's licenses mm. and what you're allowed to do and where you're allowed to be and whether you're, where you're allowed to take alcohol and you have to wear a seatbelt and all of these things and are actually quite uptight and British huh. we do have we that we gave character. you all the best things yeah. didn't we <laughs> we do have that in us but we sort of pretend we don't because we're laid back and that's progress though maybe in a few more generations that will take hold more than the discipline stuff that'll grip on yeah I don't we do have um, a nice anti-authoritarian streak yeah which is good I that's think, something I always enjoy about Australia especially, especially well generally 
I like it when people are a bit fuck you to authority and structure. Yeah. I think, because I am a bit, but I don't have the confidence to do anything properly rebellious with it. <laughs> but I've never worked in a hierarchy that I wanted to ascend. Therefore, yes. the rules of jobs never really applied to me. And now I work for myself, so I can be like, ah, fuck you. I'm the boss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even if I'm not, like no one's gonna know because this is all up to me. I've yeah, I've never worked in. A, I've, I've always I wanted recognition, but I never saw why people who were higher up a particular ladder thought they were better than people who were. Yeah. America is a bastard for that because they have that idea that they're a meritocracy. Yes, that's a very troubling idea because it suggests that if you're not successful or you're not uh, earning enough to live. You don't deserve respect. Well, you have failed because yeah. other people have succeeded and therefore you could have succeeded and yet you're not... There's the idea that everyone can be upwardly, upwardly mobile and yet really can't. Oh, I, I'm, I've, I've probably said this in a previous podcast, but this is a really cool thing that I heard recently, which is there's less social mobility than there was 100 years ago. Mm. And one of the reasons for that is women in the workforce. Oh, really? Because the jobs that would have been there for upwardly mobile men like secretarial positions are now filled by women oh the poor men so oh, it sucks to be a man doesn't yeah, it it's men like a zero sum game <laughs> but it's like a, a class thing like well, maybe there was more to gain a hundred years ago than there is now it feels like now there are there's a, obviously a big gap between the mega rich and, and the super poor but I think now most people in this country are in middle class. Oh yeah. And well, also if you're if you're lower class you probably still have as much or more stuff yeah. than people who would be in a higher class bracket. It's so complicated we eat like to define class. Would have eaten and so exactly. It's oh, ludicrous. We, we just outsource our slaves. We just have them in different countries so we don't yeah. have to look at them. Yeah, exactly. If you can't see them then it's not happening so it's fine. Yeah, we'd think not. you're fine. We're all we're all happy. Oh, that's yeah. a very sad note to end on. Yeah, let's let's uh, quickly talk about something else. Like in, in the cafe we're in, there are lots of amusingly named uh, foreign foods, and I'm looking at it looks like two bears on a packet of sweets called Bamps Mums. Yes. I don't even know what that means. And underneath them is a thing Dummel. called Dumly. And then there are plop bars on the counter. Plop. Plop. I, I bet they're naming them because they know that that's funny abroad. They sell more abroad than at home. Maybe that should be the next episode of your podcast, is to do yeah. with, like, silly sounding foreign things. <laughs> Maybe people would start sending me loads of horrific foreign uh, sweets. So swear I can words, them. foreign swear words. Oh my god, they're mm. so much better. There's some yeah, really. Well, it's the novelty, isn't it? Hungarian swear words. Really? Yeah, really brutal. Inventive. I think it probably depends on the language. If you've got a very mellifluous language, then... You just don't have enough animal swearing in English. Yeah, it's, it's either religious or sexual. And you're like, you're a son of a bitch, and that's about it. I don't, you have really creative animal sex ones, which is where it gets interesting. Like, yeah, and son of a bitch is still really about women than the animals. Yeah. Pig, like, fucking a pig, that's often an image that gets put into sentences, but it's not. it's not, it's not got its own construction. Yeah, I think there should be more... The, the the excellent trinity in a in a swearing, I think in a swearing in a swear thing, yeah, not a word, a swear in a phrase, swear thing. Uh, is like the combination of something religious, something uh, profane, and something sexual. Yeah, well, that's all you need. Like so anim that's everything. animal god and and fucking. Yeah. In some combination, maybe relatives. So you some want relatives yeah. involved. So you want gross out, illegal, yeah. and irreligious. Yeah. Yeah, you are covering most bases. Most there. bases. There's not one that goes out 
I'm, I'm making a show at the moment about why cunt is the rudest swear word because I don't think it should be. No. Um, and I'm an equal opportunity swearer. And it yes. means the same as things like twat, which are not very rude. Um, yes. But I was thinking... Or I'm flaps. Not, yeah, flaps, vulva. Doesn't, no, one, no one minds, and yet cunt, anger. But I was thinking, surely... Religious Yeah. Religious swear words should be considered more offensive because everyone has a body that's almost mundane but if you have faith then that is something much more valuable being violated there's an incredible arabic one which translates almost literally to my dick in your god wow amazing that's a good crossover swear that's so good like we should have more of that yeah well, it's up, it's up to you to start spreading it. I need to Using start. your positions of rhetorical power. Oh, offending people. That's yeah, a little mission for you. It's a good... I, I, I've yeah. always needed a project. Yeah, and I think it's a more enjoyable one than some of the admin ones you were talking about earlier. All right, well, thank you very much. It's my uh, pleasure. Start listening to Helen's podcast in September. No, it's out. When it's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, it'll be good in September. The other one is, has been going eight years, so if you don't think it's good now, then... It's excellent. It's, it's never going to be good. Right. Thank you very Thanks. much. You're having tea with Alice.